Max Crosby. He's going to come in at the end, punch it out. Holmes is sacked by Crosby. His second of the game. boys in the house dt krill we love them with our whole entire heart so as you already know a little bit of a different week for the raiders by week but it still was and still remains week 13 the nfl um i believe the chiefs and the packers are getting it down in a snowstorm right now so um nonetheless we're here to bring you that shit and before we get going continue to like subscribe comment down below we appreciate you guys and if you have a question you have something you want to just spit out to the to the condor here We'll receive them and we'll talk about them. So uh, we appreciate you guys just continuing with the journey like we always talk on. But without you guys, there is no journey. Um, Max, my guy, uh, this week, you got a bye week. What was the week like for you? A little rest on the body. Talk to us about it. Yeah, um, bye week's been incredible. Um, you know, obviously everyone knows about the whole uh, knee incident, you know, the last the last week. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I finally, you know, got this bye week It came at a perfect time and literally spent all my time in the building for the most part, just getting my body back together, working out, um, getting everything back in tune. And, uh, this weekend got to get off my feet a little bit. I got this, uh, got the new sauna and, uh, in cold plunge at the crib. So we've been fucking dialed in even at the house. So, um, it's been work and work and a little bit more work and then take care of this body. So it's been fucking incredible. Um, Thursday, you know, we don't want, you know, a little segue, but Thursday slime was in the house taking pictures. We had our foundation, uh, launch dinner. Um, and the Super Bowl host committee was there as well. Um, holding shit down, but it was incredible. We had the boy Marky Mark Wahlberg in the house, um, holding it down. We had uh, Mark Davis. So two hey. great Marky Marks in the building. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it was for a great cause. Um, super excited about the foundation getting off its feet. So we're going to do a lot of great shit, but yeah, we had our big dinners at Piero's Italian cuisine. It was a freaking a one night. So the only thing, you know, the the food was incredible. Um, it definitely, you know, it was a little bit delayed. We're sitting there a little bit hungry because we had to, you know, do, do some donations and things like that. But we, you know, once we got the food, everything was smooth. So can't complain. Hell yeah, man! How was uh, how was Marky Mark? He he just made an appearance on Peyton Manning and uh, Eli's thing, uh, their yeah. ESPN Monday night. He didn't look too thrilled, um, but might not be his world for that. But just curious, how was the night with Marky Mark? Was there anybody else in there? It's probably a star-studded night. Yeah, you know, Marky Mark is uh, he's a legend. I uh, I got to meet him at a UFC fight um, in Vegas, one of the last ones before uh, season started, and he sat right next to me. So it was my first time. You know, getting to getting to chop it up with him. He's a fucking a one human being, and uh, he was there with his son. But he's he's one of those people. He's similar to me when it comes to routine. The dude is dialed in, and he got out of there before the main event even got got even rolling because he was like, I gotta work, I gotta get to bed, I gotta work out in the morning, and he's he was locked in. So uh, getting to see that, and uh, you know, it was super dope. But yeah, getting to see him again, you know, coming to the foundation dinner and everything, and you know, just chopping it up like he was one of the guys was crazy. Um, because yeah. obviously he's one of the most influential people <laughs> damn near in the universe. So uh, it was super dope. And yeah, there was a ton of great people there. Doesn't he train like a like a legit athlete or something like that? What's the movie, Krill, that we watched in college that was him in The Rock? You remember? 
him and the rock him and the oh, rock it's like a weightlifting movie or some yeah. shit like that oh, but yeah, get harder the roids get yeah. harder some shit yeah <laughs> something Stay like hard. that yeah he was in the other guys too with those two are in it yeah well yeah, Farrell. Was, but bro he's yeah, up at like 3 a.m his like workouts are like he has like two workouts in before like 7 a.m yeah shit. he like works out twice snaps and prays and it's like he's on that kobe grind he always <laughs> wears the salute bro that's always hitting the legs yeah, he I mean, is. Success is not it's, it's not a coincidence. That dude does not play around. Do you think successful percent. people, Max, have to stay like super hyper active? If that makes sense, do you think it's like something I don't know in their brain where they're or just like, I need to be doing shit? Yeah, or it's a schedule. Yeah, you know, I feel like you know every single successful, like at the highest level, successful people. Um, you know, I, I seen this quote. It was on Instagram, but this dude was talking about it, and he said, like there's not like some special thing that every, you know, super successful person have it's they're broken. Like they don't have an off switch. So that's, and I can fully relate to that. Like for me, I know, I know what got me here and what's given me the success is being fucking obsessed and dialed in on a daily basis and doing it nonstop. And so, you know, if you take any step back that that success isn't going to be guaranteed. So a guy like Marky Mark, no matter what, he's still fucking doing what he does and still finding ways to get better because he's obsessed with being the best at what he does. And like, I can fully relate to that because I know how I used to be when I was younger. I didn't even think that way. And now like, you know, it's been over three years and every single detail is fucking dialed in from start to finish. My whole days are planned out. My routine is a hundred percent. Like I don't break those. Like there's no, they're non-negotiable. So I, I yeah. see why he's that way. And there's a reason why he's that successful. So. I feel like, you know, everyone talks about like, like, what's his it factor? It's like, nah, like we're broken. Like people, people at the highest level, they don't have an off switch. So I could, I could fully relate. All right. All right, y'all. So we're going to disclude the star of the show here, Max, really quick. So everyone say goodbye. We appreciate it. Thank you, brother. If the Rush family, do you think you know football? Then try to turn your football knowledge into real money with the Sleeper app. The ultimate fantasy sports app that can turn game day into a payday. Just download the Sleeper app and pick more or less on your favorite player. So, with more stats than other daily fantasy apps, just to choose two or more of your favorite players from pregame or live. Pick more or less from the predicted stats and you could win up to 100 times your money if your picks, if your picks win. D, your picks? All right, sleeper picks for this week. We got Monday Night Football. We got the Cincinnati Bengals playing Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, my three picks for the slip are Joe Mixon over 46 and a half yards rushing, Jamar Chase under 60 and a half yards receiving, and then we got Calvin Ridley to score a touchdown at any time. Now that is 7.4 multiplier, 10 to win 74. All right. Use code the rush to get that bet match. That's all I got for my sleeper picks for this week. I love that. Do you great picks there and use promo code the rush and you get up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Let me say that again for you guys. Use promo code the rush and you get up to a hundred dollar match um, based on your, on your deposit. In terms and conditions apply. So see Sleeper's terms and their use for details down below. And that is the Sleeper Fantasy app. We appreciate you guys, and we'll be back to the show. Oh, shit. JJ. What up, Josh? We'll go with it. Josh, what's good? What's going on? What's good?
Hey, yeah. So it's going back to being um, under you know a great sphere of influence with Dana White. Um, how is that? translate it into your sauna into your cold plunge is that a product of gary brecca and the superhuman program that he's on current currently trying to relay you know relay that over to you and get you in the best shape possible inside out or what you're on yeah, that well, shit aren't you max honestly, like not, see i'm not on the full the full gary uh, brecca plan but Gary's a good up. friend of mine he's a good friend of mine and uh we definitely we've we've linked up a few times but yeah like the red light therapy the you know the cold plunge all that shit like when it comes to recovery and Josh knows this shit too. Um, but you know, working with Alex Guerrero and all those guys, like you got to find that little, that tiny percentage of separation from everybody else. Cause everybody's putting in work, you know, everyone's athletic, you know, everyone's talented. It's like, for sure. What are those little, the little things you're going to do when nobody's looking, um, that, that makes that difference. So yeah, I stay dialed in on the, on the cold plunge. I do it every single day. I do the sauna. I do fucking, you know, full body work twice a day. So yeah, just find little ways to, you know, stay ahead of the curve. Facts. No, facts. So, hey, yeah. All right, y'all. So, obviously, this man needs no introduction. It's uh, my brother, Josh Jacobs, the one of one. Uh, we came in together, you already know, five years ago. Um, we've been we've been doing big things. We've had the same vision since, since day one. We've been having these conversations about where we want the Raiders to be at. Um, you know, we could get a little bit more into that with the questions and everything like that. But, like I said, this man needs no introduction. Josh, I appreciate you coming on, bro. The goat right there. Appreciate you for having me, man. Yeah, let's go. Welcome. You know we had to bring the one hundred percent. We had to bring the you know we had to bring one of one into the rush, the the new up and coming one of one podcast. So it only makes sense. But Josh, like I said, man, it was the bye weekend. Your boys took care of business against the Bulldogs, which you did the same of. I believe you were MVP Mm -hmm. in that game, right? Something slight. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. I'm out here <laughs> making it nostalgic for you, but uh, more importantly, what are your thoughts on the college playoff selection? Your boys making it at the fourth spot. Just curious. Man, I ain't gonna lie. So it's a lot of you know, it's a lot of good teams this year. So I I can see how it's kind of like a, a, a be a hard choice, um, but I think that you know, whenever you beat the number one team and uh, you know you you play at a high level, you play in a conference that that plays a lot of guys, then. You know, you gotta, you kind of gotta take that into consideration. Um, I know it's, a, it's like three or four teams right now that, that's playing at a high level too that haven't lost. Um, but you know, I, I feel like once you beat the number one team, you kind of gotta put that team in the, in the conversation for sure. I agree, bro. I 100% agree. I was hoping and thinking that Bama was gonna flip over just because it makes shit so much better. Um, it doesn't feel the same if Bama's not in it. I'm gonna be honest when I say that. <laughs> I know it's gonna piss people off, but it's just the truth, right? So. Um, to, I, I got to ask you, though, why do you feel Bama deserves it over FSU? Because they were undefeated. I know everybody's all, all bitching and crying about it, but just curious why you think the boys should deserve it over FSU. Man, I just think it's, you know, strength of schedule, man. I feel like, you know, Bama, man, that week in and week out, you see they play good teams, you know, and they play them at, uh, you know, uh, at points in, I feel like, in the season where the teams are doing their best. And, I mean, if you just look at – how the season started for Bama kind of started off slow, but each week you could tell that, you know, the improvement in, in the team as, as a whole. Um, and I think they're playing really good football right now. Facts. No, facts. facts. I couldn't disagree with you, bro. Krill, you got one for him? Yeah. So then just speaking on the whole Bama uh, aspect, you coming out of high school, why I'm Bama? Yeah. Why not Oklahoma? So you're from there, right? Yeah. So yeah, man, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. So me growing up, like, 
I always always wanted to go to Oklahoma. Boomer you know what I'm like they used to come to like my little league games and stuff <laughs> like that. Like I used to see like you know what I'm saying I used to see them sometimes and things like that. So for me, I didn't have I didn't really have no college offers until like three weeks before you know national signing day my senior year. Yeah. Um. So I was like, when I finally started getting the offers, you know, like I got Bama and then I got Oklahoma. So once Bama came and then like a lot of the other schools just kind of like oh, you know try to sneak in yeah. the offer at the last yeah. minute. It was just like. At that point, I felt disrespected. I'm like, man, I'm an hour, hour and away, an hour and a half away from you know the campus. You know, like uh, TU Tulsa University is literally 15 minutes away from where I grew up, and didn't get offered for them. Um, you know, and like Oklahoma State is like 40 minutes. So like all of these schools that's like close to me, I'm like, man, y'all didn't even give me a chance, and y'all are literally in in, in my backyard. Man. So to me, really, man, the only reason why, well, the most important reason why I chose Bama was one when I went on that visit. Uh, I remember I sat down with Saban and Saban looked me in my eyes and was like, man, I can't promise you no playing time or I can't promise you that, you know, like, you know, you're going to be this or, or that. He said, but what I can promise you is I will teach you how to how to be a man. I will teach you how to go navigate through life and, you know, and I'll teach you how to have the right work ethic. And when I sat down and then I looked at him and I was like, I respected him because everywhere else I was going, people was lying to me, you know yeah, what I'm saying? hundred percent. Or they was telling me like, yeah. they knew I was going to Bama and they was talking about Bama. He didn't talk down on no other program. He only uh, talked about what he could do for, you know, for me, what they program could do for me. And then not only that, man, I feel like for me, like I had to prove to myself that I could play on the highest level, that I was as good as I felt like I was in my head. You know, so I feel like where where else could I do that besides, you know, the number one oh, football yeah. school in the nation. So that's kind of what that's kind of what helped my thought process. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. That's and you don't Both y'all. that either. People, you know, coming from Nick Saban and shit, you would think, you know, from the outside perspective, people would be like, yeah, Nick Saban only cares about winning and, you know, he doesn't care about the people aspect. But I think that's something that people don't really realize. There's a reason why everyone goes to Alabama because they keep shit real and, you know, take care of the man I first. think it's. I think with Saban, that the thing, the, the biggest thing that people got him like misconstrued about is they think that he's all about football. Like the dude has, you know what I'm saying? The like, lake house. He's he on the boat. He's on the rookies in the, just bro, He does stuff with rookies and and, and families. You know what I'm saying? Like in just in the community, like it's the reason why he's so much respected. He gives so much of his time and gives so much back. Like I, I don't think that people understand like. When you actually sit down and have a conversation with Saban, like at any point, I feel like when I was in college, that you just like it's just a different, you know, he's just he's just a genuine dude. Um, and then like even in college, like I, he didn't really get on the players too crazy, like uh, unless you just did some, you know, totally you know uh, uncontrollable that you, he had to get on to you about. He really he really get on the coaches, so that's why the coaches be hot, the coaches be hot with him. But he make. He made the coaches do their job, you know what I'm saying? But, like, he don't really, like, just get on the players too too, too much, you know what I'm saying? He like to joke around and stuff a lot. He holds motherfuckers accountable. Yeah. Do you think that – that motherfucker – no, I shouldn't say it that way. Do you think Nick Saban uh, will be coaching until he's 100 years old because he's got the blueprint so dialed in? He, he spits out the greatest coaches, it seems like. He gets on their ass, but it's, like, that extreme accountability, that extreme ownership that he holds them to, it's different, bro. It really is. I'm just curious. You think that, Do you I think mean, he can do it forever? <laughs> I mean, you see, everybody's trying to take the formula. Yeah, yeah. all the coaches that leave, they, they, all to, they all try to do the same thing. You know, you know, but like everybody can't do it. Uh, Kirby is as close to it as 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 I'm seeing right now. Yep. 
Um, but I think, man, honestly, he's going to play as long as Miss Terry let him play. Uh, coach, I mean, yeah. she, she, people don't understand his wife run everything. Yeah. Like, she run everything. Like, if you get in trouble or something, he kind of hard on you. Like, you go to his wife. She, he'll, he'll, come, he'll come to the meeting and be like, hey, stop going to Miss Terry and tell him I'm me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like, you back door. Yeah, she run everything. Uh, always a strong woman behind it all, I guess, man. That's so funny. That shit is funny yeah max go ahead i I think you're about to roll with this one yeah so stay on the alabama you know the alabama question train i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit and there's gonna be no i don't want any sugar coat i want josh jacobs i already know (laughs) but so top five alabama running backs of all time you can include yourself which i definitely think you're top five but it's got to be a Damn. real order. There's no like, yeah, these are. The, I, I want a real order. Time for Damn, Ab, you talking about all time? All time. Yeah. All time. See, bro, that's you see, that's what's so tough because they had we'd have so many like ridiculous. If, if, I, if I was to go off of like what I just seen with my eyes, yeah, I'm, I would say first all time. I would say definitely Sean Alexander. Okay, Sean Alexander at one. Damn. Yeah, I would say. Um, you know, uh, Derrick Henry at two. Okay. I would say Mark Ingram at three. Um, oh, see that fourth spot. Mm, that fourth spot. That fourth spot is tough because you got probably Trent Richardson. Yes. Probably Trent Richardson. And then I would say, just from the amount of uh, of numbers and stuff that he put up, I would say Damian Harris at five. Damn. I wouldn't put myself in the top five at Bama because I barely – I didn't even play that much. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I just made the most out of my opportunities when I was on the field. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, like, from the guys that I've seen and, like, from the record books and, like, how the legacy that they hold at Bama, I would say those my top five. Yeah, see, that's – yeah, they're, they're running back you. Like, there's not even an argument. Bro, what? Like, y'all have too many – too many guys like the fact that you like you didn't even play that much at Bama and you're one of the best backs in the league like that shit is bizarre bro I don't think people realize how how crazy it is I tell I tell people all the time like me and my uh one of my best friends he's actually out here right now we I was just talking to him yesterday and I was like man uh I feel like the thing that made me stood out is I I played special teams I played whatever like I was trying to I was trying to dog uh dominate wherever I was at but not only that like Every practice we had, bro, we had scouts at every practice. So it was like, oh, even if you didn't play, like, they knew who you were. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's just kind of how it was. I was going to say, you were pump returning and shit and all that. Yes. You bro, when I was at the Ravens, there's dudes that were, like, second string at Bama that were literally there. And they are like, yeah, I mean, I didn't play much at Bama. And I'm, like, thinking in my head, like, bro, I had to break records and shit to get here. Like, you're out here. You know what I mean, though? But it's different because the depth that y'all got is silly. Like, I remember the picture that went around of the running backs at one time. Y'all had, like, TJ Yeldon. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, who else was in there? Kenyon Drake, my dog, uh, Derrick Henry. Like, that is stupid. There's five running backs right there you can Alvin. name. Alvin? Yeah, like, it was, so many, it was so many people there at one time, man. But And that's the thing, bro. Like, I tell people all the time. I said a lot of the backups sometimes be better than the starters. You just don't know about them yet. Yeah. You know so what I'm saying? Like you just gotta, you just gotta wait till they till they get their chance. Yeah. Like yeah. for real. Like that's nice. kind of how it is at Bama. But see, that's the thing that I liked about Bama too. Like nothing was given. Like you could be the the best, uh, you know, number one athlete, whatever, coming out, number one ranking, you know, whatever, and you gonna have to earn your spot to play. And like that's the thing that I like the most. Yeah, that's Thanks. dope, bro. NFL every day. 
Bama would be the only school that I, I could call not bullshit for him not leaving, putting himself in the top five. I mean, you're going through all yeah. things, that's fucking ridiculous. That's all ties to winners, damn near. Swear to God. Yeah. And you, you talked about the running back room, that picture of the receiver rooms, fucking the same exact thing. Yeah, facts. Yeah, it is. It really is. Do you think – I was just going to ask you real quick, with the running backs, all the guys at Bama that have racked up the Heisman Award, it seems like it literally only goes to quarterbacks, which I'm not necessarily mad about. That's my, my favorite position. But um, but for running backs, do you think it's kind of annoying with the with the Heisman? Do you think they need to start accounting like the best player? Just your thoughts on the Heisman, the way it goes. It seems to be a quarterback award. I feel like – I feel like they should just start counting the best player in general, not even just running backs, though, like even defensive guys, man. Yeah. You see so many guys, like, make so much of an impact on a team and they kind of, like, downplay the impact that they make. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes, you know, a good a good running game make, make, make it a lot easier for the quarterback, you know, like especially if it's not a quarterback that you feel like, you know, just can go back, drop back and throw the ball 30 times a game. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, it just depends on the situation. I feel like – Obviously, you know, the quarterback is the most important position in football. Um, but, you know, having the, having the right pieces around them could, do make things a lot easier. Facts. For sure. 100%. And especially at Bama, like, yeah, Bama's a little different. No, I was just going to say, you think about Bama with, when it comes to quarterbacks, like, that's not the mainstay. Like, y'all kind of – y'all's build, like, as a team is, is like the 49ers type of way. Like, get a young quarterback, mm-hmm. like, somebody who can manage the game and then just stack the rest of the roster – and run the ball and dominate up front, and you can still win that way. You don't need a fucking Heisman quarterback either. So it's different. yeah, That's- man. Coming into coming into Bama, the 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 thing that I noticed the most, especially my freshman year, was the defense was always elite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We every time every year that you see like Bama win is because of the defense is elite. Like I think that year, my freshman year, everybody on that defense got drafted. <laughs> Like literally everybody, Marlon Humphrey, Minka, Deron Payne, Minka like Jonathan too. Allen, like yeah. everybody. Like I was, I was just looking around, like the room. Everybody's like either in the league or played at the league <laughs> yeah. at some point. Yeah, it's a legit NFL drafted. team. Like those are Pro Bowl players, bro. Like those are Pro Bowl. Yeah, players. they're players. Like, pro Bowlers, <laughs> yeah. not just yeah, middle. Yeah, that's that's just different. Legit I mean, dog. All right, yeah, switching uh, switching gears into the league. I know you and Max came in uh, in the same class. What's that been like, that journey from where you guys are now, both of you at the top of uh, your profession, right, two of the best players in the league, to where you guys came from uh, first coming into the Raiders? Yeah, man, for me, it was, it was definitely weird uh, coming into the NFL, you know, uh, because I felt like, especially my, my rookie year, like it's not as much, it's not as close of a group as you would expect it to be, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to do everything that we do and like you know. But then you also got to realize that you know a lot of these men are grown, they have families, they got other you know stuff that they got to take care of. Whether in college you kind of like all with each other all the time, so that was the thing that was kind of different of you know for me like not only that like managing your time, like. Uh, you know, studying the playbook, but also like, you know, trying to navigate just the new city you're in, you know, in Oakland is definitely a different city. Yeah, um, but, <laughs> yeah like for real. And then, I, and then, man, like, I think that the thing that kind of shocked me the most was like, I remember my, I remember winning, uh, losing a game like uh, my rookie year and I was just like, I was mad. I was just in the locker room like mad. Like I kind of like just don't talk to nobody when we lose. And, uh, a vet came up to me. I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna say his name, but he came up to me and was like, "Man, this is not college. Like, you're gonna lose in the NFL." And like, I was like, 
I remember thinking about like that like for the whole next like two months, yeah. and I'm like, these motherfuckers don't care if we lose or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> be like, this is the whole like I used to be like, bro, like, what's going on? Like, I'm dead. turning your like, phone off, not talking to anybody. Yeah. Bro, I'm like, bro, I don't want to talk to nobody. Yeah. I don't want to hear nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I'm like, man, look, don't even talk to me for a day or two. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, that's just, no, that's just kind of how I am. But, yeah, it's, it was definitely a, a culture shock for me, too, like, just to come in and, you know, see guys just, like, handle things differently, you know, like, handle things as pros, um, but also, like, have the freedom to do whatever because you know you got you got a lot of money now too. Mm-hmm. So it was it was definitely a little different for me. And I got yeah. money now. Now how was that transition <laughs> since we just talked about the the whole suite of uh, players and depth that you had at Bama on the field? How was that transition? And talk about what it was like playing at Bama versus them coming to the league. Yeah. So at Bama, I will, I, I can honestly say at Bama, every. Practice was harder than any game I ever played in. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say that the whole time I was at Bama, I was like, like literally, the game, all the games felt easy. Like in the league, it's, crazy. it's different because the one ones don't really go against the ones like that. Like you might have one or two periods where you go against the ones for like four or five plays, and that's it, and you're going against the scout team guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not good on good every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like. Coming into the league, I remember like just cooking people. I was like, "This, this is the league. Like, this, yeah. this is gonna be easy." Y'all better lace like, them up. This is what we, this is what we working with. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So I kind of was like, "Man, it ain't no way." And then we got to playing good teams with good defense. So I'm like, "Okay, now I understand. Yeah, now I understand like yeah. what it is." But yeah, I'm dead for sure. All right, last question that I got for you. So I talked about you and Max came in together. Max is not who he was when he first got drafted. Appearance, size, all of it, right? Not Give me your your raw, uncut. What was your first impression of Max? Yeah. My first impression. So me and Max, when we first came in, Max has always been the same. But one thing I'll say about Max, man, he's been the same dude, though, since I met him. Like, I feel like I've always had that bond with him, you know, his brother and his, his mom. Like we didn't, we didn't, we didn't spend times in hotel rooms freestyling at like two in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like when we first came in our rookie year, man. But like, I would say that the thing that I tell people that really makes me respect Max so much, man, is because I seen the way he came in, and if you looked at him, you was like, man, there's no way that this dude plays football at an elite level. You just look at his body, and like, man, this dude, like he looked like he's straight, uh, uh, you know, a baseball coach or something. Yeah. So then, <laughs> and then like, no, then literally like, I remember after that rookie season, I, I remember he broke his hand. And after he broke his hand, I remember seeing the, like a light bulb, like a little, like a switch, switching him, like his whole demeanor and everything. Like just the way he went about his business from, you know, coming in early and, you know, working harder than everybody in the building, like being the first one in there, like, and all of that, like, and then just, you know, starting to being able to play good and, and, and play with that swag that everybody know that he has, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like Max, if you wouldn't have knew, if you wouldn't knew Max, if you would have never seen what he looked like and you just heard him talk, <laughs> he like, 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 you would think he was black. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, that's everybody, 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 like, man, he, I'm like, I'm like, man, look, he is, that's him. I'm like, he's not acting. I'm like, he's not acting, that's him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's real. But, but that's the thing that I like, that made me for real, like, respect and like, like, he got my utmost respect, man. Like, I've never seen a guy practice harder or, you know, train harder, like, mentally and everything to lock into the game as hard as he has. 
And I, that's the biggest thing that I've noticed from, from year one to year two to to year five, man. Like, just him being consistent in what he feel like he wants and, uh, you know, who he feel like he want to be. And um, I talk him all the time. I'll be like, man, you the GOAT, man. So you, my, you my GOAT for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. yeah. yeah both of y'all are GOATs. <laughs> Matt, Max, I gotta know, bro. What is the switch like? Josh hit on. I remember you busted your hand up. You even hurt your. Sh- you even had surgery on your shoulder that same year, right? So, so I think at one point you were yeah. you were you were you're fucked up. So, uh, what was that switch though to you, Max? I know it's your sobriety, all that shit has something to do with it. But what flipped? They are like, all right, I'm I'm really trying to not just take part. I'm really trying to take over on some Conor McGregor shit. <laughs> yeah, facts. No, honestly, the biggest thing, you know, Josh kind of hit on it. Um, but yeah, it was after that COVID year, like my second year, I was battling injuries. My shoulder, my labrum was damn near falling off the fucking bone. Like I was all banged up and I knew going into that year, like I legitimately like Josh fucking, I was talking to Josh at the time, but like I was in rehab and in a fucking sober living and shit like that and going straight into training camp. So like I was overweight. I was like, I was just trying to get by, like just trying to survive and stay sober. So like after that season, I felt like I took a step back in my second year and like going into that off season after I had the surgeries, I was like, I don't want to just be like a normal, like a good story. Like, all right, there's a guy from Eastern Michigan, he plays hard and but like, I was like, fuck this. Like, why not me? Like, I'm sick of seeing the guys like the, you know, for me at that time, I was like, I'm sick of seeing all these top guys, like, you know, the, the, the TJs and the Miles Garrett's and all these guys, like they're at the highest level. And I'm like, why the fuck can't I do that? Like I'm in the NFL. You know what I mean? I made it this far. Like, why the fuck can't I take it to that next level? And so for me, like, I got those surgeries and I just told Rachel and I told everybody around me, I'm like, I'm switching everything. Like, I went to the strength staff, went to the nutritionist, went to everybody. I'm like, I'm going to do everything right. I'm going to listen to everything y'all say and let's see what happens. And for me, like, I haven't looked back. It's been over three years now and I've just seen, like, my game and my, just my game and my off the field, like, just as a human being, like, I've gone to a different level and just continuously looking for that little 1% to improve on. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been a blessing, bro. It's crazy. But, you know, people talk about like, you can't change. Like everybody always says like the cliche is like, people are always the same. They're never going to change and shit like that. Like, I think it's the biggest lie, bro. So for me, everything I do every single day, I try to just fucking be a good person, treat people right. And just fucking outwork everybody around me. And then, you know, let the results, you know, just be what it is. So that's kind of, kind of what happened. Facts. Talk your shit, bro. That's just what it is. So, hey, I know that's definitely, that's definitely what happened. Yeah, one hundred percent. That boy went into the the phone booth and came out a different man, like Superman. No, for real, man. That boy went into the chamber, came yeah. out crazy. Yeah, yeah. The ice chamber. <laughs> New man. He said, hey, "Throw I me got, in the jungle." Uh, throw me in the jungle. So to switch it up, so I got two questions for you, Josh. Um, yep. So. We were talking about this, um, you know, we talked about it earlier in the year, but I've been asked a bunch of times, like, what, what do you think is your best game, you know, in your career? And I kind of, it took me a while to really think about it. So I got to ask you this. What do you think is your best NFL game um, you've had so far in your career and why? Yeah, good question. It definitely got to be Seattle. It got to be Seattle just I because, was, of, you know, yeah, the, was... the numbers, just because of the numbers was crazy, you know, like, and it was, it was weird. It's weird because don't nobody really know. No, nobody really know what happened. I wasn't even supposed to play no, that, game. that Like people don't even know that. Yeah. Like I tore my calf. I had partially tore my calf the Friday practice going into Sunday's game. I literally was like, woke up that day and they was like, they wouldn't, they wasn't even going to fly me with the team at first. And I'm like, man, let me see, like, let me just see what, you know, see what it feel like. We'll, we'll make a game time decision. 
I got on the field and I remember I was like looking around. First off, the stadium is crazy. Uh, if you ever been to crazy. Seattle Stadium, the stadium is, is, is crazy. Uh, but I remember being on the field and I'm just like, I remember calling my dad. You know, we kind of we prayed on the field and I was just like, man, I think I'm going to do it. I, 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 it's something different in the air. I feel like, you know, like I just feel like I'm going to do it. And then I went out and like, had a crazy game, and it was a game that I didn't even know that I didn't know that I had as good of a game as I did until I got into the locker room, and everybody was like, "You had 300, 300 some yards." Three oh three. What? Like I'm looking around, like what? Like they was like, "Man, you just broke a like, you broke a, you broke a record," and I'm like, "What?" Like I like I didn't know nothing about it. It was just one of them games, and then really too, it was a fan. We coming out to the lock. We was coming out. <laughs> yeah. So in pregame and everything, Yo, he, was talking shit. he was talking shit. So much shit. I was looking at the dude. I said, man, you know what? Thank you. I needed that today because now I'm about to fuck y'all up. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, I was really, I really wasn't even like, I really wasn't even on that. Like mentally, I really wasn't on that. I said, but thank you because I needed that. So after we won, I ran right up to the dude. I'm like, yo, yo. I told you. me. Boy, Dean Jameson does. <laughs> Yeah, he said 229, 229 yards rushing, 33 attempts, two rushing touchdowns, 74 yards receiving off of six receptions. And Mad number. Targets. And the fucking walk-off. And the walk-off. Come walk on. Off. And, Bro, he said, I wasn't really even on that this game. <laughs> and then he busted out 300 yards. <laughs> No, that shit was wild, bro. I'll never forget that shit. But I agree. That Seattle, like, Seattle might have the dopest, like, whole i don't even know from even the drive-in bro like you see the bro. trees and the water everything i'm like but the mountain is different it's, be- it's beautiful no, it's the dope. air just air feel different out there everything was it raining no, I was like, yeah. nah. nah it was perfect bro it was yeah it was, it perfect. was a dope ass game but yeah no that game i'll never forget it bro I'm, I'm glad you said seattle because that was the first one i'm like he's got to say seattle because that <laughs> game was ridiculous but um i got one more question for you so um, you know, obviously a lot of people talked about it in the off season, but you know, you rocked 28 for the first four years of your career. You made a fucking, yeah. you made that your number. Um, so what kind of went into, you know, the switch of your number going to number eight back to your Alabama roots and do you have any regrets about it or what is like the story behind, you know, the whole thing? Nah, man. So I've wore, I've wore a number eight all my life. Okay like all my life like that was always my number like forever like I, it's tatted on me and everything like even when i had the 28 i still had the eight tatted on my arm you know yeah. what i'm saying like so for me like it just represented like you know a different a different mentality a different you know a different me a different everything for real i just feel more comfortable like more more like you know swag everything like just in in my in myself you know what i'm saying but really bro i was trying to change the first year the first year that they had the jersey switch, like I wanted to change it last year because that was the first year, and uh, they had told me like it was gonna charge, it was it was gonna cost me like three point five yeah. million. You posted about that, didn't you post about that last year? Bro, I gave them a year when they when they told us about the change. I said, okay, I'm changing my number next year. They they were supposed to stop making my jersey in 28 right then, yeah. and then so they kept making them, and it was like, well, like. You top 10 in jersey sales, so we're going to keep making your jerseys. Like, they like, we're not about to, like, you know, miss out on that money. So when it came time for me to change, I couldn't change. So I had to wait a whole nother year for them to finally stop making the jerseys to be able to switch. But 
I mean, for me, like I said, man, that age is it's just different. It ain't got nothing to do with Kobe or nothing like that. Uh, you know, rest in peace. But for me, it's just that's what just always been my number. Yeah, that makes sense. No, because I, I remember yeah. you still you, you used to have that little eight uh, diamond chain. Too. I rock, used to rock the eight was, chain underneath the twenty eight jersey all the all time. All the time, I was gonna like, say your roots. Yeah, all the time. I do remember yeah. that. You still got it, right? Yeah, I still got it. But I ain't gonna lie. I got so much jewelry. I don't. You don't never see <laughs> wear jewelry no more. Nice. Like nice. never. It's still just in the like, chamber. In the same. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to put on these fits and let these fits. You know, yeah, let the fits talk. That's funny. Yeah, Max is trying to keep up with the with the fits for the most part. But um, before we get to the dog of the day, bro, I gotta I gotta ask you um, the playoff hunt. You guys are sitting right in the middle of the hunt. Um, what do y'all need to do, in your opinion, in the next five weeks to give yourself a chance? And what's your focus, Josh? going for the next five weeks man i would say as a team we all got to just lock in and understand what we want you know and have that hunger and have that mentality like that we won't be denied at any point no matter who we playing no matter who lined up next to me like me for like me when i'm on the field i always think of my game i don't care what my stats had or nothing like that like what i finished with like I always view myself like how I did, if I did good or bad by my one-on-one matchups. And I always be like, if I want, I'm a, I always try to win more times than I lose. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? So like, for me, I feel like if everybody come out with that same attitude, like I don't care what your role is, but like, you like, I'm gonna win my one-on-one this day or, and, I, and I don't care how many times I gotta, you know, go against the next motherfucker. Like I'm gonna win this, win this rep, win this, win this game. Then I think we'll be all right. And I think we got enough guys right now with that same mentality, but we also, got the guys that's like kind of teetering like you know they kind of you know got to believe it to see it mm-hmm. uh i feel like we got to get them guys a little bit more on board but uh but i think that's the biggest thing not only that i feel like the coaches got to put us in the best possible position to win which they i feel like they've been doing um but like just allow us to be who we are you know like allow us to use our strengths to you know our greatest advantage and allow us to like you know even our weaknesses uh, uh, allow us to be in that situation just a little bit less than you know, than than what the average is for real, and that's and that's the thing that I feel like. But I feel like with you know with AP, he got that mentality like I don't give a fuck who we playing. I don't, we don't even care about the names. Like whoever that number is, like we gonna fuck that motherfucker up. Yes. And that's just kind of how I feel like every if everybody take that mentality, then we'll be all right. We'll we'll be exactly where we need to be. Uh, you know, come January. One hundred percent, bro. Eat or be eaten. No, it's facts. But that I think that's the thing that people don't realize. It's like if you really break it down, it sounds simple. But like what you said, Josh, like when you go into a game, if you're winning more, like when it comes down to your one-on-one matches, if you're winning more, then you're fucking losing. And if everybody's got the mentality, you're gonna win football games. It literally comes down to one-on-one blocks, one-on-one receiver versus DB, linebacker versus running back. Like if you're winning more than you're losing as a team, and you got that mentality, bro, you're gonna win a lot of fucking football games and. You break it down to that, bro. It's just everyone playing at the highest level, and that's how I feel like it doesn't. Like you said, AP, it, do, it doesn't matter who the fuck we play. If we're playing at our best, bro, we can beat anybody. I've no doubt. As we all know, bro, it takes all eleven. Everyone playing at the highest, highest potential, highest ability. Um, and I mean, I'm ready for to see you guys, man. It's been dope seeing you guys all all year. I know it's not the same, or not not the results. I should say that you guys want, but we know you guys are out there working. I mean, you're doing your thing, Josh. That stiffy last week was. 
so tough with the burners. Yeah, no, and, and I mean that's and that's every week, right? So um, we got two dogs on here, but we're gonna scoot and shoot and talk about another fucking dog of the day, which is not you two, and we just want your comment on it. So I'm gonna kick it over to you, Max, and roll with the dog of the day. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> All right, y'all. So we got a fan favorite. You already know what it is. The fucking dog of the day. This is one of the greatest segments on the planet. We do it every single week. And this week, you know, we have a running back of the room, our boy Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, in my opinion, the greatest in the league right now. But we're going to talk about a different running back. Arizona Cardinals, James Conner, our dog of the day this week. This dude goes back to Pittsburgh. He already know on his mind, he's like, all right, this is my former team. They let me go for basically nothing. He, he, was, he left on a vet minimum. Um, mm-hmm. And you see what he did today. Two touchdowns, 105 rushing, got the dub in Pittsburgh. Um, so that's our dog of the day. And I uh, got to give a major respect to James Conner. The dude has bounced back. Um, once he left Pittsburgh, he's been on a mission. He made the Pro Bowl last year. He's been getting better and better every single year. And uh, he's just one of those guys. He's overcome a ton in his life. He, had, he battled cancer. He had injuries. And this dude f- always responds and always comes back better than he was before. So our dog of the day goes to James Conn. Yeah. I said any any comments on that performance today or anything that you know about James and his game uh, that, you, that you observe? From yeah, before? man. I think, you know, from a running back standpoint, I'm not going to lie, like, me personally, just in the NFL, a lot of people don't get my my stamp of, you know, like legit. Like they legit. Like they are a guy. Um, but man, you see the way that he works all the time. And um whether it's blocking, like his pass pick, like his block uh, pass pro is underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only that, like the moves that he makes in a short area is kind of crazy too. Um, but he's also he still has that like physical run style too. You know what I'm saying? So Man, for him, he's always been a guy, even since, you know, his Pittsburgh days, where I used to look at and I'd be like, yeah, he nice. You know what I'm saying? So, shout out to him, man. Hopefully, he keep doing what he's doing and uh, keep improving. Yeah, 100. That dude used to be a DN in college. So, you know, he could you could do it all. You know what I mean? So, nonetheless, Josh, we appreciate you, bro. You're goaded, like we said, one-on-one a million times. But we thank you for coming on The Rush. Uh, can't wait to see what you do. You know, hope you stay healthy. You know, and continue to just murder the game like you continue to do. And you've already been a dog of the day, so we're going to get you one of these, and we need you to rock it, all right, with some pride, okay? Oh, yeah, no, I support I support it. All man. right. I appreciate y'all for having me, man. Shit, whenever y'all want me to come on, man, let me know. It's good. We appreciate it. Hey, we might need you for the NCAA championship, you know, if the, if the boys can get there and get it done. Oh, nah, hey, hey, look, if, hey, if Batman or I'm going to be talking a whole lot of shit. <laughs> we ready for it. That's what we need. <laughs> That's what we need on here. One hundred percent, bro. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate it, yep. man. Right. Right. Thanks, Josh. Boom. That's a boy, JJ. That's gonna go that's crazy. Just, I feel. Like. I mean, that's special. That's, that's special. special. Fucking G. DT did the Condor Cartel drop a couple mail mail time. Blues clues. What do we got? Talk to us. They made it. They made it easy for me. They made oh. it easy for me. I didn't have to scroll a fucking ton to get through some shit. Number one question right here, uh, Matt Christensen, thirteen. How have Hell the changes yeah. to roughing the passer changed your game? And I want to know how has it changed the game? 
Great question. Ooh. I fucking hate that role. I know you do. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking it's it sucks, dude. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Honestly. And can you get hurt trying is, to not hurt them? No, I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it's just there can't be a rule with gray area. You know what I mean? I feel 100%. like if it's a rule, it's black and white. You either sack the quarterback or you don't. You can't yeah. sack the quarterback and say, "Oh, well, he landed on him too hard." You got a grown ass man running full speed. I don't think like you can sit in an office and watch the film and be like, "Oh yeah, we got to get that out the game." They've never <laughs> sacked the quarterback, so yeah. I mean, it's hard. I'm not going to go too hard on it because I'm not trying to have him come after me. But Roger, I mean, there's if it's egregious, like late as fuck, and you're slamming a dude on his head, like okay, I get it. But like when he's getting rid of the ball. And you just you hit him, and he like you can't be calling that shit. But it's a crazy no. game. The game has changed, and you know the money. The quarterbacks make the money. Sure. People tune in to see great quarterbacks, and they don't want them hurt. So I, I totally get it. So for me, it hasn't changed my game. It just makes me a little bit more aware when I'm taking them down. Because in college, I was literally trying to dismantle every quarterback and <laughs> shatter their body. But like now, it's decapitate like his ass on the ground, and yeah, I'm gonna take the ball or get him on the ground, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> The only thing that I would have on that same note is if y'all watched the Saints game and you see Derek Carr. He tried to kill him. And he was a former teammate. Bruce Pulling trees in out. Oakland with, with D.C. So no I don't know way. what D.C. Yeah, you know, I don't know what he did. Maybe back in the day they had some beef or something. But that shit looked very that was personal. Bad, and he tried to kill him. Yeah, he did. You can And prayers to D.C. Hopefully D.C. is all good. But Man. holy shit, he got, yeah, he got, that was a I mean, shit like that, I totally understand. Apparently. 100%. Like, he tried to put him through the turf. But like, yeah. if you just like push someone, it's so stupid. Like, yeah. It, wild. it is crazy. Um, D, next. D? <laughs> touchy sub? A little touchy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would Joey do? Asked us a question. What's your favorite Kobe moment and why do you wow. look up to him? I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Um, honestly, I think about Phoenix Suns when he hit the game winner. Yeah, that and he did the. Just, that's a childhood moment. And he went out. Yeah. He came out doing the pulling, ripped his jersey. That was all time because right. for me, like at that time, I was I didn't grow up a Lakers fan or anything like that, and I didn't become a massive Kobe fan until later in my life as I become a you know who I am, but. At that time, Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire and those teams, like they were lighting the league up every single year. But when it came to the playoffs, Kobe would take them down every fucking year. It, it reminded me of how LeBron took down Toronto every time. Like he took down Steve Nash and them. And so in those moments, like the biggest moments, Kobe always shined, bro. And he fucking, that moment was huge for me. But that's not the number one. The number one for me, I mean, you talk about the 81 points, that's fucking in history. But for me, the number one was his last game. I mean, the dude literally was old. He was on his last fucking legs. And he went out there and dropped a 60 ball on Utah and and won in his last game and got fucking basically carried off the court. Like, that was, like, the most all-time iconic Kobe moment. And, like, up, up to that point in his career, he's had so many. He won five titles. That moment to end your career like that, like, as a player – I was like, this is how I want to fucking end my career. You know what I mean? Be fucking, like, just go out at my absolute at my absolute best, and that's the last thing people remember of me. 
Um, so yeah, that's got to be number one. Kobe dropping sixty in his last game for sure. Yeah, that was dope. On fifty attempts, I feel like everyone remembers where they were when they watched that game. Like everyone was dialed into Kobe that night. It was different, bro. I was dialed in. I actually almost did cry. I swear to God. And I don't really cry like that. And I was almost crying. It was pretty sweet no, to see. Legit. All 50 attempts, he scored 60 points. Legendary. <laughs> no. So I don't really cry like that. Legendary. Yeah, no, legitimately. I had, I had a single tear. Seen it. Seen it. Yeah. Right, the last question, question we got. Um, from Eric.G underscore. If you had to play in a decade of the Raiders football before the 2000s, what time are you choosing? Oof. It would have to be the 80s. Yeah. It would have yeah. to be the Why? 80s. Killers. 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 That's the only thing I have to say from, I mean, Ted Hendricks, Howie, Lyle Alzado, George Atkinson. All, those dudes were fucking different. And the way they played football was different. The Raiders were feared. You did not run crossing routes because you knew somebody was going to get murdered over the middle of the field. Like there was, it was a different type of football. And those guys to this day, like I still talk to George Atkinson. He still comes to facility. That's like an OG for me. Like I love that guy to death. The Howie Longs, the Ted Hendricks. Like I know them and their families. Like those dudes are the people I look up to. So yeah, you know, another one, Greg Townsend. Those guys were like all time. And I feel like I don't know where I would play because, you know, obviously Howie, they had Howie, they had so many guys. Put me on the, on one of the ends and let me get on that D-line with Ted Hendricks and Howie Long and fucking Greg Townsend and Lyle Alzado. Like those, we would have been the greatest. <laughs> they already were damn near the greatest front. <laughs> Bless it. Um, they already <laughs> were the greatest front. But if I could have played on that front with them, like that would be, that would 100% be the, the team I played. People forget that the game wasn't that wasn't not violent too long ago. Like 2010 Steelers, Ryan Clark, Pamalalu, they were murdering, murdering. Bernard Pollard and those dudes, the Ravens defenses, they were murdering. I think the ten the ten group literally changed the game and how it was called. They were. I'm not joking. I think there was a half a dozen people got stretchered out. Bro, and Ryan Harrison, it was three in one game. Yes, I think really he quick. Switched the whole. He changed the whole NFL after he hit the dude for the Browns, and then he hit somebody yes. else. It was like, okay, we can't let the. He was killing people. <laughs> we gotta, bro. we gotta pull the leash back. Talk yeah, about like, they're like this yeah. can't be allowed. This can't be allowed. Dudes were <laughs> no. like stiff, stiff on the field, bro. It's, it's like any time. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's like any time the Bengals and the Steelers play, I swear their people are getting absolutely like just rip, smacked. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? Montez Perfect. He that was played out a little long. Yeah, that was played well. Montez Perfect single handedly ended his career just by ending other people's careers. Yeah, and, and people forget. And people forget <laughs> Ryan Clark. So people look at Ryan Clark now, and they're probably like, "This dude used to this smack dudes, what? bro. What? What? Ryan he can Clark say whatever he wants." He Bro, literally he is certified checked. He like legit gets the check. Talk about yeah. the players. Talk about right whoever. No facts. People talk yes. like they don't understand. Ryan Clark was annihilating people. Mm. Yes, annihilating. Different. So he can talk his shit all he wants. Okay, no, can. <laughs> Everything's granted with him. Yes. Cool. Is that that's the last one? Yeah, that's all we got. Uh, appreciate the questions as always. We'll see him back here next week. Condor Cartel, thank you. Much love, love you guys.
Much keep con- keep continuing to comment down below. Send in your questions every single week. We'll get to them. Max is going to get to them. Like we said, as soon as we get to that 50, you already know what it is. Field passes, you and your loved one, great date night. You'll be like Drake out there just taking them to the stadium for a date. It'd be unbelievable for you guys. So continue to do what you do. We love it. We appreciate it. And Max, let's change directions here a little bit. Let's let's, let's Euro really quick, please. And uh, Vikings coming up, week 14, fresh off a long week. You know, good time for some rest. Um, what is what is the thought process heading into the Vikings this week, that game? Um, what do you guys need to do, and what do you expect? Of? Yeah, we have five games left, so it's literally do or die. You know what I mean? We basically have to win out. It's not guaranteed. It's possibility we get in, you know, if we go four and one these last five. But for us, it's every single game is win or go home. So yeah. we're going against the Vikings, a team that – you know, obviously, Kirk Cousins went down, unfortunately, but they have a ton of talent. Justin Jefferson coming back, Jordan Addison, um, TJ Hawkinson, they have a ton of talent on that offense. They got two, you know, really solid tackles and Brian O'Neill, Christian Darisaw. They got, a, you know, Brian Flores running the defense now, and they're doing really well. So yeah. um, this is this is a legitimate team, and uh, we're not taking them lightly at all. I know my mindset, um, you know, I've already talked to you all about it. Like, I'm planning on doing exactly what I've already, you know, been talking about. This is the most important game, you know, in my career coming up. Every single game coming out, this is, you know, everything I work for is for now. And uh, we're mm-hmm. trying to make the playoffs, and it's simple as that. So, for me, I'm ultra dialed in. I've been working, get my body right. Um, and I cannot wait to get back out on the field, get back in the building, get with the guys, and just uh, go out and, and show everybody what Raider football is supposed to look like. 100%, bro. And, and I guess everyone's going to want to know, how are you feeling? Are you, how is your health? And more importantly, how's the knee um, just moving forward with all the rest you finally got? Yeah, so my knee is doing the best it's been. It's uh, been, <laughs> you know, a battle. Uh, like I said, I've, this is not like something that was new. Um, yeah. Obviously, it was at a different level with the infection and everything, but it's something I've been dealing with all season. Um, so finally get to, you know, I got to take a lot of time to just take care of my body, um, get in the weight room um, and take steps forward. So. It's all about gaining ground, and that's exactly what I did all week. And uh, I can't wait to get back in the building and, uh, you know, get to work tomorrow. Yeah, we're ready for it, man. It's 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 football is just so much better with the Raiders in the playoff hunt. It just really is. You know, it's nostalgic. It's it's snowing. You know, we're thinking of John Gruden back in the day against the Bucks and the Super Bowl. I mean, we're all just thumping our desks. So we're ready for you guys to continue doing it, and uh, we're pumped to see what you guys got. Do you like that one? Um, let's jump right into the best segment of the world, the Rushman. Your favorite segment, Max. I'm right here with it. Did he say he's thumping the desk or pumping the desk? I think I said, I think I said thumping. He said, he said thumping. <laughs> thumping the desk. Dude, he said, I just came off a nice long jeeps. Packers yeah, so geez. you already fucking know what time it is. Um, like I, like Brogan said, this is my favorite segment of the week. Every single time, bias opinion, don't care what anyone has to say. Mm-hmm. It is the Rushman of the week. We got three guys this week. Two of them have done it for a very long time at a high level. Another one, young bull coming on the scene, making making uh, you know big plays. So number three, former Raider, former Buffalo. What are they? Bulls? Buffalo mm-hmm. Bulls? Sorry, sorry, Malcolm Coons, but yeah, Buffalo Bulls. <laughs> um, 
We're going with the OG Khalil Mack. Um, obviously, there's a you know little awkward history between us and the Raiders and whatever, but I got to pay my respect. Khalil Mack has been doing it at a very high level for a very long time. And right now, he's currently leading the league in sacks. Today, he had two more sacks, um, five tackles, a forced fumble. Um, Khalil Mack is, is uh, honestly, he's incredible. Um, what he's able to do um, on a weekly basis and doing it for 10 years now, um, it's incredible and something I, you know, aspire to be like. You know, he's won a defensive player of the year. He's done a lot of a lot of great things in this league. So, um, major respect to Khalil Mack, balling out. He's got 15 sacks on the year, which is insane. Um, and the guy just keeps getting better. And uh, I got to give my ultimate respect for him. So, Khalil Mack, you're our number three rushman of the week. So, big shout out to you, OG. Good shit, Khalil. Shout out to Khalil. Huge. Um, number two. Number two. I haven't talked about this guy in a while. Um, he was, you know, obviously Dustin Creel, Yinzer, big Pittsburgh yeah. guy, knows him very well. But this man is a beast. Um, he's made a lot of money in the league. He's had a lot of success. He's had some injuries as well. So he's been battling that. But he's come back and he's having a really underrated, slept on year. Um, but we're going with our guy Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree, I've met him a few times. Met him in the airport this off. Well, I didn't meet him, but I ran into him in the in the airport this off season with his girl. Great dude. Um, dude's an absolute G, and he just found ways his whole career to somehow get better and better, no matter what. He's been battling injuries, like I said. He's you know was with T.J. Watt, so he didn't get a lot you know as much love at that time that you know I felt like he deserved. But Bud Dupree, um, got to give my respect uh, for him. So. Today, seven tackles, two sacks, forced fumble. The dude is balling out. Um, he's in Atlanta now. And, you know, like I said, this dude is one of those underappreciated rushers, but he's done it at a high level for a very long time. So um, he's been in the league, killing it. And, uh, you know, got to give my big shout out to, to Bud Dupree. So major, major respect there. And then our number one. I mean, we don't do this often. We usually, you know, we, we stick to the, the vets, you know, the OGs, the – you know, the guys that are a little less, you know, appreciated. But today we're going with a rookie. We got a young guy, Houston Texans, Will Anderson. Five tackles, two sacks, a pass breakup. The dude was all over the field today. Um, I was watching the game, you know, obviously I was in my red zone. I was locked in, dialed in. Um, but consistently the whole game versus Denver, Will Anderson was making plays. Um, this year, I think he has six sacks now. Um, but he's got a ton of pressures. He wins a lot of rushes. He's good in the run and pass. Um, and you see his game continuously evolve on a weekly basis. So um, our number one rushman of the week is Will Anderson. Big shout out to you, brother. Keep doing your thing. Keep your head on straight. Keep doing what you're doing. You're getting better every week. And um, you're going to be doing great things in this league for a long time. Just stay the course. We appreciate you, brother. Good shit. Well, congrats, buddy. Two. Big achievement with the rush. Big achievement with the rush. All right, y'all, episode 10 of The Rush, bi-week edition. We had a special guest, Josh Jacobs, come in. We had a lot of great conversation, and we just want to say we appreciate you guys. Keep tuning in, keep liking, keep subscribing, keep commenting. We're going to keep getting you guys dialed in. Like we said, most importantly, right now, is that subscription. Because we want to get you guys to the game. We want to take care of you. We want to get you on the field. We want to make things special. So we're going to do it for y'all because the only reason why we're able to do this is because of you guys, the fans. So we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. We're going to keep the content pumping out. We love you. And 
This is The Rush with my brothers, Brogan, DT, Dustin Creel in the building. Out. Peace. Peace. Raiders.